Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 8, titled The Humankind. In a desperate attempt to try and forget the sad sad state of this goddamn country. For context, I am recording this, uh, on the day of the Capitol riots, so... Yeah. Anyway, this episode's real good. Uh, yeah, there's no good transition from that. Uh, I'm just gonna go right into it. Uh, this episode is very, very good. Uh, it gives a Really fantastic culmination to this Peter as an Observer storyline. Does some beautiful stuff on a thematic level, and it's just really, really well done. Uh, And we'll get into all the substance of it in a minute, but before that, we will start off with everyone's favorite segment, Things That Are Different! So... Apparently, in 2036, in this 2036 dystopian future, or as we call it on the day of the uh, Capitol riots, the future, uh, (sighs) that was a bad joke. That was a really bad joke. Uh, Sad but true. Anyway, there's truth churches. There are these things called truth churches. Where apparently if you go inside, an observer cannot read you. I am assuming, they don't say this, but I am assuming that observers dictate who can or cannot go inside. Otherwise, the resistance would just squat there forever. I would really like to do a further deep dive into the concept of truth churches at some point. Uh... I don't think they do anything with them in the last few episodes of this series. I could be wrong. Uh, There could be, like, some minor subplot that I'm forgetting. But, yeah, I I would like to know a lot more about Truth Churches. I would like to have a lot more information given to me about Truth Churches. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's it for this installment of Things... That are different. That's a bad intro. That is just, that is a bad intro and I should never do it again, but I'm going to keep doing it because I have no self-control. Anyway, so this episode picks up right where the last one left off. Uh, Peter is very much like going full observer uh, with that chip in his head. Olivia now knows and is trying to get him back. Uh, she brings Anil into things, who gives her uh, another observer chip for Walter to examine. She brings Walter and Astrid into the loop. Uh, and we're trying to figure out how to bring Peter back as he's trying to have Winmark killed. By the way, I really love this scene where Winmark is able to track down Etta's apartment, is able to track Peter down to Etta's apartment. 
And when Mark discovers his, like, board of timelines for him, and just as a little F.U., he wrote the exact time of him infiltrating and the phrase, you are here. Basically saying, yeah, I knew everything you were going to do up until this moment you're searching this apartment right now. That That is a really awesome scene. That is a genuinely really fantastic moment. Uh, but we're trying to figure this out. While this is happening, uh, a new tape has come out. Uh, we have to go to this scrapyard and get an industrial-sized electromagnet uh, that Walter put there years ago. And Olivia goes after it because she kind of needs a distraction. So she goes over there to this scrapyard and we get this really good uh, storyline where Olivia meets this woman named Simone. And apparently this electromagnet has been a bit of a mystery for this scrapyard. Uh, this scrapyard has guarded this electromagnet for 21 years since the observers invaded and have just been waiting for someone to pick it up, waiting for someone to pick it up, uh, waiting for someone to come and get this thing, uh, to get the electromagnetic, uh, to, to get the electromagnet and the truck it is on. And it's been like this whole almost like religious symbol, weirdly, like... There's been this, like, these, like, years of, like, here is the electromagnet. It is prophesied that someone will get it at some point. Will they actually get it, though? Maybe we should sell it. Maybe we should get some money on it. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Like, almost, like, this almost plays out, like, a biblical tale to a certain extent, the way Simone describes it. And what we get in this is... A story of faith. Now, you hear me say those words and you think, Oh God, here we go. Fringe is going to get all religious on us. Blah, blah, blah. And in the hands of lesser writers, that absolutely would have been what happened. But with this episode, this storyline, in the hands of much better writers than that, this became less of a faith in God storyline and more of a faith in humanity storyline. Because once Olivia shows up, uh, obviously this all sounds way too good to be true. And she kind of becomes very, very suspicious. Uh, you have, at one point, a little girl tells her that people in the scrapyard have been talking about the fact that she has a bounty on her head and becomes convinced that they're going to turn her into the observers. Uh, convinced that, like, she has to wait a long-ass time to, uh, to leave because people are going to get fuel. People are being sent to get fuel. And because she's waiting so long, she's become suspicious that there is no fuel, there is no fuel, there is no fuel... Uh, you're keeping me here for the observers. You're keeping me here for the observers. You're keeping me here for the observer for the observers. Simone comes over to give Olivia a glass of water, and she co becomes convinced like that there's some sedatives in it, and Simone has to take a sip herself. So Olivia sees like it's fine, uh, and like this is basically Olivia having her faith in humanity tested. Like 
can she is she physically capable of believing there are good virtuous people who have something other than their own interests at heart can she believe that these people are exactly what they say they are like this is a test of Olivia's faith in other humans and it plays out really, really beautifully. It plays out in a really, really amazing way. And, of course, like, the subtext of, like, I, I call, like, this electromagnet almost, like, this proto-religious symbol. But, like, even then, they're not putting their faith in, like, Our God bestowed upon us this electromagnet. All hail the electromagnet. Like, it doesn't play out like that. It doesn't play out like this crazy cult. It's just, like... We need, we need to have faith that someone who will save humanity will come and pick this up. Like, so the scrapyard workers kind of had to have faith that someone would be selfless enough to want to save the world from the observers. And there is that in there. I also, by the way, love that this woman, Simone, like, has this weird, like, clairvoyancy to her. Like, she can kind of get flashes of people. Like, she knows Olivia is going to come before she shows up. Uh, she knows uh, Olivia wants to go at dark. She knows that Olivia lost a daughter twice. She knows that she keeps a bullet on her uh, and all that. Like, because she gets these, like, little clairvoyant flashes. And I love that that's there. And it never has any bearings on the plot. It never has any plot significance. Uh, which ordinarily would frustrate me, but because of this, like, we already know that sort of abilities such as this exist in this world. Uh, we know Cortexafan is a thing. Uh, hell, there are people who just naturally have, like, altered brain chemistry to the point of, uh, being able to see people's deaths before they happen. Uh, we know that it's possible in this world for two lightning strikes in a row to make it impossible for you to die. Like, these kind of weird, unexplained, natural things and these sort of clairvoyant abilities that just sort of show up, like, they're a part of this world. Like, in another timeline, this woman could have been a fringe case. Uh, and I just, I like that. I like that this is just so ingrained in this world, these just sort of... How did this happen? How does this, this person have abilities? Who knows? Like, I love that those types of things are just so ingrained in this world that someone like that can show up and it never has any significance to the plot. It doesn't have to because it's just part of what they've established. Uh, it, it's really, really well done. Uh, and I love this one philosophical debate that Olivia and Simone get into of, like, is there some higher power to everything? Are there secrets to the universe that we haven't unlocked? Or is this just a numbers game? Is there just, like, no meaning to anything? Like, is there meaning to the universe, or is there not? Is there order to the universe, or is there chaos? Again, in the hands of lesser writers, this would have gone directly to Christianity. This would have gone directly to God. But because these writers are better than that, it feels more philosophical than anything else. It feels more metaphysical than anything else. Uh, more that than religious. Uh, it's handled very well, and it's done in a really smart way that doesn't get too heavy-handed. Uh, and then, once Olivia gets the electromagnet and leaves, uh, once Olivia gets the electromagnet and leaves, 
Uh, she gets captured by uh, this group of bandits who figure out that she has a massive bounty on her head and try to turn her in. And we get this fantastic escape sequence where she basically, like, MacGyvers these death traps for these bandits. Uh, creates it so that, like, she causes a fire, someone will come in. Uh, she, like, fashions out a gun, like a makeshift gun, uh, and uses Etta's bullet to shoot someone in the head, digs out the bullet from the wall, and then shoots someone else with it, uh, while they're not looking, digs them out while they're not looking, and then shoots the other dude in the head, like, and, and digs that again. Like, it's just so great that she's literally using Etta's bullet that is just on her to continually just use as a weapon. It's like literally the memory of Etta is saving her life, literally. And that's just like, that's just the tape plot. That's just one storyline of this episode. We also have Peter and we're following him around as he's manipulating events the way he did with Winmark's lieutenants uh, on Winmark. And then there's one moment where Winmark makes it clear he discovered what Peter was doing and manipulated Peter's timeline uh, to put him in a very specific place and time so Winmark could launch this attack on him. We get this phenomenal observer fight that is so cool, so well done, and I absolutely love everything about it. Uh, This devastating moment where Winmark, like, forces Peter to look at Etta's last thoughts before she died, and it's that day at the park before the observers invaded. Her last thoughts were of Olivia and Peter. Uh, And then he's able to escape, goes to Walter for medical attention. And while this is happening, Walter and Astrid are sort of examining the effects of this chip on a preserved porcupine man brain. And, like, basically what this is doing is creating new ridges in the brain, completely changing the structure of the brain. Uh, Expanding the cerebral cortex and sort of overriding emotion centers and all that. Like, literally changing brain... Not just brain chemistry, brain shape. And if this goes on too long, it is irreversible. Or at least that's the theory. Peter then shows up, and Walter tries to explain to him, like, hey, hey, this you're, you are changing your brain chemistry. You are... Uh, sacrificing your emotion and all that. And Peter's just like, yeah, I know. But this is what needs to happen. Uh, And then he sort of jumps away. Uh, But he did say that he was going to put Winmark on the right path at this place at this time. Uh, So Olivia uses that information after getting off the phone with Walter to go over there. And we get this beautiful ending of Olivia pleading with Peter Hey, please stop doing this. Please take this chip out. You are removing all your humanity. If you keep doing this, like, you say this is for Etta. You say this is for Etta. But if you stay on this path, you're not going to feel anything for Etta or for me or for anyone. And, like, it's just making this, like, big emotional plea as Winmark is showing up on this path and Peter is watching him. And, like, Peter just 
keeps standing his ground, standing his ground, and Olivia keeps making this emotional plea and emotional plea. Uh, and after some, like, really, really beautiful monologuing, uh, Peter eventually just uses what little emotion he has left. That overpowers his logic. And he cuts the chip out of his head. Uh, because, like, emotion is, like, the one advantage. Like, we've been operating on the principle that emotion is weakness, emotion is weakness, emotion is weakness, emotion is weakness. It is, like, the one advantage they have over the observers. It is their strength. They have something worth fighting for. That is basically, like, Olivia's, like, closing argument, essentially. And Peter takes that to heart and takes the chip out. And I love this moment where Peter, like, has the chip in his hand, he holds it out, and Olivia takes it out of his hand and replaces it with Etta's bullet. Like, it's literally a physical representation of switching out logic for emotion, valuing emotion over logic. Like, it's beautiful. It's so, so beautiful, and that is where it ends. God, it's wonderful. God, it's this is such an emotionally resonative episode and such a, such a thematically deep episode. It's really well done. And man, we only got five episodes left in this thing. We only got five episodes left in the series and then we're done with Fringe forever. Yeah, uh... Suffice it to say... Oh boy, <laughs> suffice it to say, there's a lot that's going to happen, and this is not the last emotional gut punch we are going to get in any way, and boy does this story go places, boy does this story go places. Anyway, solid episode all around. Uh, if you like this, favor the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows, and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow, we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 9. Talk to you then.